Hi right, guys, welcome back to the student cast. I'm here for another episode with my man Yasin. How are you doing? I'm oh, good, man. It's good to be here. You know, thank you for inviting me on. No problem. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. No, thank you. Yeah. So, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? Like, what? What? Introduce yourself to the people so they know what you do. Um, so right now I'm second year at Bath University. Uh, I'm studying sports performance. Um, the main reason why I came to Bath was the judo facilities. Um, I've been training full time here for the past two years. Um, I mean, my main hobby is is uh, judo. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm 20 now, and I've been doing judo for about 12 years now. I've uh, got three national medals at the British Championships, so. Two of them being at the junior levels, and one of them at cadets. Um, so I've been on the Great Britain squad now for about for uh, at my last year at cadet, which was 2015, and all the way till 2018, where my junior years have finished. And I'm in the transition now of moving in a new weight category, mm-hmm. uh, and also competing in the senior stage. So I used to compete at 100, under 100 kilos and now I've moved down to 90 kilos, which is a big um, change when you're fighting people who are in the years of 19 to 18 to where you're fighting fully grown men now. So it's a, it's a new step up for me. Um, in terms of my goals right now is just to get, get ranked. Um, so I'm able to you know, compete at the British Championships in this new weight category and this new age group, um, it's a bit of a shit show, what is it? I can, sorry, can I swear? I can swear on this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you can swear as much as you want. <laughs> Fuck shit, big bitch, cunt, yeah. say, say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a shit show. As soon as the uh, competitions were coming up, bang, Corona came around and uh, the lockdown since then just been... Uh, Focusing on myself, getting better as, as an athlete, stronger, faster. So when I can return to the mat, I'm ready to fuck shit up. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, <laughs> why why judo? Like, was it because um, I've done? Uh, I did, should I say? I'm not doing it currently. I did karate from when I was about five years old until I turned eighteen. I want to say I trained basically most of my life, and then. Uh, I kind of got bored of it, and my and my mom and dad didn't really let me go into MMA or something more hardcore. So I was a bit stuck, and I and I left it. So, I mean, what got you started in judo, and why are you still doing it, really? Um, it was my dad who got me into it. Um, he was on the Algerian national team in his junior and cadet years, um, before he transitioned into the senior levels and before he moved to England. So it's, it was a massive heritage in the family. All his, all my uncles did it. All his brothers, uh, cousins um, were at a very good level. Um, so it was just a thing where sort of like he could see I had the excitement, I had the joy, you know, watching WWE, you know, picking up the pillows, you know, doing all the finishes. So I think he just brought me into the judo just to give me something to focus on um, as I just had so much hyper activity yeah i mean i think a lot of kids uh are what you'd call like hyperactive but they're not really hyper they're just kids 
and they have mm-hmm. way more energy than adults. So they're just running around all the time. You well, were getting tired. They can just run indefinitely. So mm-hmm. I, I think I've always said that, that a martial art, especially doesn't matter what one it is. It's great for young kids. Um, not like too little because it's not a daycare. I used to teach and it's a little bit annoying trying to teach four or five year olds how, how to punch and kick and stuff uh, when they, they can't even use the toilet properly. So it's not it's not as much fun. But I mean, what's the plan for you? What do you want to uh, get to in uh, in terms of judo? Well, right now it's just currently um, getting um, a higher rank at the uh, senior level. Um, but how's the rank m- work? So for, um, for people that don't know. Okay, so you have different domestic competitions throughout, uh, throughout the year. And then the top 16 competitors in each weight category get invited into the British Championships, which is currently held in December. So judo it's uh, pretty much we don't have an off season we there's competitions around all year but if you're a british athlete sorry british judo, judoka should i say your main competition is the british nationals in december so that is when you know that's your sort of say cup final you know that's when you need to be peak performance mm-hmm. um so right now it's just um currently unranked but just we are very easy to be able to get into this new so there's a ranking like first second third so after the 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 championships is basically the winner number one number two how yeah. that, and, if, that and if if you're meddled you you get invited into the great britain squad mm-hmm. um you know providing that you do medal um so that that's how it works into getting into the great britain squad um if there is something which i do like about judo that it's a very easy pathway um, from your recreational player to a GB senior player to, to, to get to the international, to get to the Olympics, is very clear pathway, unlike football, where there's a bit of, not of what you know, it's a bit of who you know. Yeah, there's a lot Do of you luck. You, yeah. have to, you have to get in with the right people with a lot of other sports and, you know, a little mm. bit, hand someone a bit of cash here, a bit of cash there, you know get into the team so what uh, is your aim to basically um go until you reach the olympics then is that is that what we're trying to get to i'll tell you what i'll give you a bit of a curveball actually um as soon as i finish my degree as soon as i'm finished uh at bath university i'll probably i will be doing judo but in terms of doing it as a competitively you know trying to get onto the great britain squad trying to get the gold i'll i'll probably stop you know i will um, reason being is because i'm i'm going to try and transition into mma i have been doing it for the past uh four years now um where there's been a bit off on off on but as soon as i do finish my finish my degree at bath university that's it i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to finish in my judo career let's say, and moving into a different pathway. So so then, uh, guess to reframe, is is the goal to to be a professional fighter? Like, is that your ultimate goal? Yeah, it is. It is that is the uh, is professional goal. Um, so I've been, in terms of ever me, I've been doing it for about four years now. You know, um, it's just been like, it was off and on sort of thing. You know, I remember... 
as a kid, you know, when I was growing up, I was just like, okay, I want to I wanna medal at the Nationals. I want to medal at the Nationals. And I did it. And I remember just sitting at the podium just thinking, so I thought, I thought I've done this now. You know, I've done what most people in judo haven't done. They haven't, they haven't medaled at the Nationals. I've, I've done that. I'm on the GB squad. I went to the, the open national training. I've done the, the camp, you know, where everyone, all the GB players train. I done that for the weekend and I came home and I just thought, judo. I wouldn't say I've completed it because there were new goals for me to do, but it didn't excite me. Mm. It didn't excite me anymore. Um, and at that time period as well, I, I started watching MMA. I was intrigued by it. You know, I, it looked so barbaric. I remember just thinking, as a 15-year-old boy, thinking I would never want to do that. But slowly, I, I came more intrigued. I started uh, watching fighters' interviews and realized, you know, these these guys do have a bit of a personality. They're not just uh, like a stone cave, just trying to a, a juice head, just trying to you know kill each other. There's something a lot more to that. And I remember thinking, as like a 15-year-old, thinking, you know, I can do that. I remember watching some of Ronda Rousey's fights and thinking, you know, something I, I need to do. You know, maybe a bucket list. And I remember walking into um, Team Crossface, which is the gym I trained back in London, giving it a go. And I was walking with open arms with my head coach, David Lee. Um, and I remember doing a wrestling session, actually, and just being so intrigued by it. And since then, you know, I've never looked back. The only issue is it was just that, you know, I remember training, 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 and I'd be offered a fight. And it'd just be like, it'd come to the end. It'd come to the end of the fights were December, November. And then it was just like, ah, I got pulled into judo. But uh, do you know what? The nationals around the corner. You know, I want to train for nationals. I want to, I want to get back on the GB squad, you know? And in a way it fucked me up a little bit because it was like, you're not doing judo for a good seven months of the year, but you do it for the last two months of the year just to, just to medal at nationals. So in a way, it fucked me up a little bit. But right now, locating myself to Bath while I'm training full-time, not doing MMA, is a bit shit. But I, you know, I came here, get my degree, you know, give this judo shot a chance. And then, you know, after is it, that... Is it, is it the, the problem with judo, the... The, the money aspect because obviously with MMA you can see there's there's a direct line of where you go from being an amateur and then a professional and earning money like the the end goal would be the UFC which is big payday but with judo and this is the same with most like small sports um, they don't get the recognition here even in karate or taekwondo there's not much to go further you're competing uh worlds even or even at the olympics but there's no uh there's no livelihood from that is, is would you say that's probably one of the reasons that that you're not pursuing judo fully or is it also the intrigue of of mma that's pulling you that way um not necessarily the financial benefit um it is 100 percent just to do with the intrigue finding myself finding myself you know sort of who i am um and just giving it a shot you know it's a bit shit 
thinking about it now, there's um, a lot of successful senior players um, who have had, you know, brilliant careers for, you know, 10 plus years. But, you know, the issue is that they've gone into full time training at the age of 16, not got, got the qualifications, not gone to uni. Um, and it's just a bit like, well, once they finish their career, it's just sort of like, you know, see you later. You know, thank you for the years you've given us and your hard commitment, but that's it. And, you know, a lot of um, these players go lost. They don't have anything else to do, which is sort of why I realised that very early on uh, in my career, which is why I put the MMA on pause just to come to university um, to get my degree. So at least after whatever happens, I get injured or... No, I just say fuck it. I don't want to compete anymore. I've got, I've got sort of a backup plan. Mm. Whereas you look at now a lot of these, you know, the, the jokers now. It's a bit, it's a bit shit. They've got uh, no backup, and it's a bit shit. Um, you know, I think there needs to be some sort of pathway for uh, judo players or just you know athletes in small sports in general, where you know they've done their career, and there should be some sort of organization to push them onto a new pathway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, this is, I've said this before, and this is why I, um, I don't support the Olympics, right? I'm, I'm very anti-Olympics, uh, simply because it's this organization that organizes these amazing sports with the top athletes in the world in every sport, more or less, um, small sports that you'd never watch otherwise, right? So Usain Bolt, for example, um, he goes to the Olympics and he wins and his deals and his options that he gets from winning just skyrocket. But let's say the winner of the, the shooting or the archery, they win and they get nothing. They get their gold medal and they get, might get some recognition, but they get nothing. While the Olympics committee is taking all these ticket sales, all of this money, all of the the money from the government they're taking that and they're pocketing it they're not giving any of that there's no prize money for the olympics right which i think is disgraceful because people train their whole lives to to reach the top of their sport and most of the time the olympics is the top that's the final hurdle and there is no financial benefit for for getting to that point so you'll have uh gold medalists in the gb who have to work at fucking tesco's to pay the bills at the same time they can't rely on that as a career it's not an end goal unless you're uh, Mo Farah you're, you're Usain Bolt Jessica Ennis these people who've uh, established themselves in the public eye that are loved by loads of people then yeah they will get it but all those small sports no chance they don't get any recognition so that's why I disagree with the Olympics I wish that the athletes of small sports would get uh, the same financial reward and and opportunities as as bigger sports but it's just not there which is really sad i think you know there's always going to be that argument but the um, you know the counterproductive to that is you know for example judo are, are, they, are they raking in the money these judo athletes you know are they getting the audience are they are they getting bums in seats that's that's what you have to ask yourself whereas you know someone like a Usain Bolt can, he can bring in these big endorsements. Um, in a way, you also have to look at the, you know, national governing bodies, such as British Student, and ask, you know, where, where is this funding going? Um, 
in a way. I can imagine, you know, it is a bit of a catch-22 in a way where, you know, if you are doing these small sports, you do have to be really intrinsically motivated. Um, you know, if you are going to be externally motivated, it has to be on the medals, it has to be on the, the World Championships, the Olympics. Um, because if you're looking for financial rewards, you're in the wrong sport, you know. But that, that's what I mean. It, it shouldn't be like that. Right in the way, because, you know, the these, you know, um, if you're not in the training center, so Warsaw, right? Um, the University of Wolverhampton, that's where their national training center is based in Warsaw. And if you're not in that training group, you're not in that training regime, that's where all the funding is in, right? Because that's where British Judo is based in. So if you're in another full-time training facility such as Bath uh, or Camberley or Scotland, I'm just giving you a list of other full-time training facilities. If you're not there, um, you're given less funding, even though you're just putting in as much graft in as the players at the Walsall facility are. Yet these players, you know, have got to self-fund um, themselves, do part-time jobs in the evenings and weekends um, to work around their training. So that's what I mean. That, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not really, uh, it's not fair on the athletes, the people who are dedicating themselves and uh, who are spending all this time. Because really and truly, without the athletes in these sports, the sport isn't anything. It means nothing, right? So the people who should be getting and gaining that financial benefit should be the athletes because they're what's making it what it is, right? That's why uh, I think footballers should be paid what they are paid because they bring in that much money, right? I'd rather the footballer be paid than fucking the club that or the owners, right? They shouldn't be pocketing it. It should be the people who are making it what it is. So that's why I'm looking at the, uh, you could say the governing bodies who are organizing all these events uh, you could say the Olympics committee as well. They're getting all this money, but where's it going? It's going into the event, but a lot of it's going into shareholders as well. And that mm. that's a problem for me. That's that's where I, I take issue with it when the athletes, the people who built up this sport and made it what it is, right? The Olympics would be nothing without, without people like Usain Bolt, right? But Usain Bolt finishes a gold, he gets nothing from it. He gets his gold medal, he gets a pat on the back. He's like, fuck, they tell him to fuck off. Well, we'll might invite you in four years' time, right? That's that's what he gets for bringing in those hundreds of thousands, millions of viewers, right? That's his reward. I don't think that's fair. And that's why I don't believe in the Olympics as a, as an organization. And I'm not planning on ever attending an Olympics or watching another one until they fix that, right? That's... That's my, what I wholeheartedly believe until they um, embrace the athletes as, as the money makers, as w who's bringing in the funding, then no, the Olympics to me is just a scam. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair as well, you know, you need the ASML, but you need the, you need the competitors as well. So Yeah, they, they, I mean, they all should be getting something. Like, of yeah. course, the first place get, gets... Uh, the highest pocket but person who's 10th place you're still 10th place in the olympics that's not a small like feat that's you're basically 10th in the world that's a huge achievement that they should be proud of but then they have to go home empty-handed probably in a lot less 
if because they have they have to pay for themselves they have to pay for their own trainings they have to pay for their coaches their diets they have they're they're in a net negative right after all of this they have to work second jobs they can't have this as a full-time career unless you are one of the top 0.001 percent of olympians not not even like athletes that's just olympians that's unfair in my opinion and you know i think that's sort of in a way you know i I did recognize that and i thought i don't want to go down the same pathway as uh, as the as my the fellow judokas who have you know gone before me you know, i didn't want to go through that pathway of you know having to work work a second job um while doing while doing the sport in which i'm not too eagerly fond about so so that's why uh you know i've had i told the people closest you know once i do finish my degree that's it you know i'm not going to be doing judo competitively mm. Um, I'm going to transition into a new sport, new mm. new pathway. You Have know? you seen more people like consider what you're doing? Obviously, because the, with the rise of the UFC and MMA, right? People who do these small martial arts, uh, I think a lot of them have this new door open to to them where they can see a path being like, okay, I've I've learned for m- most of my young life this foundation uh, from a traditional martial art. And then they can incorporate their jujitsu, their wrestling, and then build on that eventually hoping to, to reach the UFCs. Like, mm. would you say that more people are, are considering what you're going to do um, in training for MMA? Um, well, I'll say a couple of names, but I don't know their pure intentions of why they've gone into MMA. But you look at someone like Mason Jones, he's the uh, he's a double champion in Cage Warriors. Uh, chi- uh, he's got the belt at lightweight and welterweight, and he's just been signed uh, to the UFC recently. Um, you've also got another judoka named George Smith. Um, he's absolutely been killing it in uh, Cage Warriors. So, you know, it's quite clear to see that there's a new transition of where guys are, you know, they've gone into full time training in judo and they are transitioning into. Uh, MMA. I have seen it now where not 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 people judokas now they don't even go into the uh, full time training. It's just a case of where you know, they do it for a couple of years and they, they want a new challenge. You know, I think I think uh, it's sort of in a way where I guess MMA is growing so popular now, it's sort of becoming like uh, you know like football where every everybody wants to sort of do it now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everywhere it's picking up massively and uh, boxing's been picking up massively with the the exciting fighters that are in there. Um, mm. And I think MMA is given a lot of people who may not have had an option or a career path. It's given mm. them uh, options where they can go out and they can see a goal. Uh, Cage Warriors is where Conor McGregor started with. Uh, he was a two, two-way champ there as well. So... Um, it gives a lot of opportunity, but I've always thought, right, uh, as someone who did karate and growing up in this like bubble, right, you you always when you're younger as well, you always think, oh yeah, my martial art is better or I can do better. But when I after growing out of it and realizing, actually, there's a lot of holes in this sport, right? Where we're not doing things that are more realistic that would be uh, effective. Like there's no 
uh, groundwork in karate that's which is fundamental especially in a street fight what happens if someone takes you to the ground you haven't you have no idea what you're doing but do you think uh judo is as uh, applicable in mma or in uh competitive sports as like let's say like uh boxing or jujitsu you know 100% i'm on 100% uh I, I do believe that judo is you know applicable in mma you know I think when you look at the top guys, there's a lot of uh, you know pure traditional like, judo players who were Olympians who have gone into MMA and competed at the highest level. You look at someone like Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. um, Hector 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 Lombard, who's also in the UFC as well. The good thing with uh, judo is that it has the element of groundwork and throws, whereas one of the big biggest factors in judo is is that you're able to hold someone down um so in judo you're able to score by throwing your opponent holding them down on their back for 20 seconds and putting them in a strangle uh, so putting them from a submission via a strangle or an arm lock so just there like judo is, is so wide and so complex that it can be brought into MMA and it will cover a wide range range of it. But then again, you could you could argue that uh, someone who's uh, like a that would be judo focused, their clear hole would be with their their um, was it with their hands with their striking. Um, uh, someone like Ronda Rousey, she Holly Holm lit her up with a head kick mm-hmm. uh, out of nowhere. And, and she just got finished. I think Amanda Nunes finished her as well, uh, with, purely through striking, because they know, obviously, that Ronda can, can submit and grapple you. So they're going to keep you on that outside edge, uh, jabbing and waiting for that opening, because they know her her striking is, is laps. Like, she has holes in it when she overextends in her, in her punches. So, I mean, every martial art is... Uh, flawed in some way there's yeah. no there's no perfect one that's why in mma you have to be well versed in all aspects but mm. uh right now in in the mma you're seeing uh the champions especially you're seeing wrestlers a lot of wrestlers um and a lot of strikers uh very proficient strikers there's few that are as diverse to be able to do both john jones is one of them but john jones is basically the goal and like who's gonna beat john jones there's there's no one i'll tell so. you what it's really it's really scary as well is that you're seeing this uh, new generation of mma fighters is that they you know they started it from the ages of maybe you know 10 12 where they're not specialists um so for example you might look at a boxer who's going into mma and that boxer might just want to stand and bang you might look at a jiu-jitsu competitor who simply just wants to take to the, the fight to the ground, someone like Damian Meyer. Whereas now, you know, you've got athletes now who have started training MMA at the ages of 10 to 12, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, specialists in everything, in a way, which is, you know, really scary, but yeah, also the, very exciting to see. I mean, the um, crop of uh, MMA fighters now is, is incredible what they can do. Um, because MMA is an option, like it's been around for these younger fighters long enough where they could have started 
and done more than one martial art. Whereas in the early days of uh, of the UFC, you saw uh, a wrestling guy, you saw a boxing guy, you saw a judo guy. Now you're seeing someone like Israel Adesanya, who just who can do everything. John Jones, who can do everything. Like J- John will stand and bang with you, and he'll outstrike you. But if you want to take him down, his grappling and his groundwork is so good that you can't submit him. He will he will catch you out. And then you have other people like uh, like Khabib who managed to do one thing so well that it works and it and you can't stop it, right? Yeah. Khabib is incredible at what he does, but every time you think, okay, someone's going to outstrike him, like, but they can't because when he when he shoots for that double leg, uh, you can't get out of it. He he wraps up both your legs and an arm. Uh, with his legs holds the other arm down and then smashes you right it's scary like i don't want to be khabib's like three four inches shorter than me but i'm still scared of the man but like you're saying as well just just with everything now you know you you do you have to be able to sort of do you know sort of bring it together now isn't it you have to bring the the stand-up with the wrestling with the ground game not only that as well, is that you're seeing these new crop of fighters. You know, you've got to fight both Orthodox and Southpaw, mm-hmm. you know? That is something which uh, you, need to, you need to be able to do. You know, you're getting your, you know, if you're in an Orthodox stance and, you know, the guy's just kicking your, le- you know, your front leg, you have to have the ability now to fight Southpaw. That's just something which is uh, an essential now. Um, if, if you, you know, you are going to be fighting at those high levels, the ability... No two fight going forward, going back, left, left. You have to be able to do it all now, which is really exciting to see. Just uh, yeah, it makes it makes the viewing experience incredible, but it makes uh, getting to the highest level that much like more difficult yeah, because yeah. the the level has just gone up. If you want to compete, you have to match the level, and if the level keeps going up, you have to mm-hmm. you have to get better and uh, being able to switch dances. And I think. Um, Israel Adesanya does it the best. He could, he fights in any position. He's so good with his left, with his right, with both legs. He that's why he is called uh, Stylebender because he can hit you from anything from anywhere. It's 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 a little bit beautiful to watch when when uh, when someone like uh, Israel's striking. So let's go back to to yourself. So you're doing sports performance at uni. Yeah. Right. Uh, I would, in my head, obviously, I would think that's the same as sports science, right? But obviously, there has to be some difference. So, what's what's the difference between uh, sports science and sports performance? Um. So, from what I'm aware of, when it comes to sports science, is um, you're also looking at um, you know, health, uh, like health factors as well. Um. So, I believe that, like, for example, one of the modules was how can we as sports scientists keep the you know nation active i remember i had a friendly down sports science sort of told me that whereas it's not just completely focused on sport um there are modules where it focuses on health uh i'm gonna get absolutely slaughtered by people who, who listen to sports science to this but from now that's from what where um whereas sports performance it, it's, it's in the name it's just uh, all the modules are based on sports performance so we're looking at you know there's a lot of overlaps as well but 
It's just simply how can we, uh, as you know, how can we like get athletes better, uh, improve, improve in, uh, at their level? So would you be looking at like um, uh, conditioning, types of conditioning, types of strength training, types of uh, diet maybe? Uh, yeah, so that's uh, some of the modules as well. Um, strength and conditioning, uh, sports psychology, um, application of, of an athlete where we get a hypothetical athlete and we build a whole training program around them. Um, and, you know, looking at sort of periodization, how can, how can we take an athlete from last year, look at their goals, targets and values, bring them a new training uh, plan and improve so they can get better results. Um, that's like a, a double unit. And so that sort of gives you um, a, a good idea on what sports performance is. Sports performance is. Hmm. It's just building a uh, building a better athlete. So what I'm guessing you you kind of chose that module to basically learn how to improve yourself a little bit. Would, would that be fair to say? <laughs> you're you're basically going to be testing out all your theories on yourself. It's pretty yeah, pretty much you know. It's a hundred percent true. It's quite it's quite good as well, you know, um, being uh, an athlete and doing a sport course. You're able to apply a lot of the the things back to you. It's, it's quite practical, in a sense. So when I'm doing something like sports psychology, I'm like, and a teacher telling me a theory, I'm like, yeah, it sort of relates to me how I was how I was thinking about during my last competition, you know, or maybe I'm doing strength and conditioning. And I understand, oh, okay, this is why my SMC coach tells me to do this six weeks before a competition. Uh, so it sort of makes sense now. And it definitely intrigues me more. So but, when it comes to your uh, your training, you obviously have strength and conditioning. So what's your strength and conditioning look, looking like at the moment? So right now, it's just the main emphasis is just getting bigger and stronger. Uh, you know, but... And that's only because we don't really know when the next competition is. So it's just a phase of just putting on muscle now that I'm going into the senior level to being able to compete with these, you know, older guys who are going to be a lot stronger than me. But I'll give an example. So maybe there's a competition that's uh, maybe 12, 12 weeks away, you know, a big competition such as the British Championships. You know, a good six-week period, period would be just solid strength work, you know, being able to get a lot stronger, getting in the gym, lift, uh, looking at doing compound lifts and just getting, getting up the numbers. And that sort of, that you know period slowly starts to taper off into more fast and explosive things, where they're a bit more judo specific. So in the strength and conditioning sessions, we'll start to incorporate some judo movements. So, for example, we might be doing some medicine ball slams, but we'll incorporate some judo footwork. And then slowly, 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 you know, you do, uh, you know, your weight starts to decrease, but now you're doing more explosive body work. You know, you're building the, the fast twitch muscle fibers. So that's sort of, you know, what um, an S&C looks like for a judo player. What about, uh, what about, uh running or, or something like that for for conditioning work for cardiovascular work what kind of stuff you you train it you're doing for your training 
Yeah, so um, running is something is so important for a judo player. Um, so important, you know, there's fight, fights can go on to, you know, plus, plus 10 minutes I've seen, so running is very important. But that also also depends on, you know, how uh, if you've got competition coming up. Most time, if the competition's further away, you're going into more long distance running. Whereas if you're building up to a competition, you might start to do more anaerobic, more, more sprint work. Um, as, as judo is a quite an interval sport, you might do, you know, going for an explosive attack and you get a good maybe 10 to 15 second rest and you have got to do that again. So a lot of interval work is involved in judo as well. Mm. As you're close, getting closer to a competition. So when, when you say you're going to a competition, right? Uh, is it similar to boxing where you know who your opponent would be weeks in advance or is it tournament style? So you come there, they give you opponent, but you're there competing throughout the day, let's say four or five fights throughout the, the day. Is it something, how does it work in judo? Um, so judo, judo is uh, the principle of a uh, knockout style tournament. So reali- realistically, you only know who your opponent is maybe... Uh, 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes, you know, they'll, they'll call your weight category over, everyone goes over, you know, everyone's anticipating to see uh, the spread, the, the tournament spreadsheet, and then sort of, you know, maybe 10 minutes before, oh yeah, this is my opponent. And then from there, it goes into a knockout style tournament, where if you, you know, you lose, you go into the rapid charge, but if you win and know all your matches, you know, you win the gold medal. Um, so that, that's that's how it goes. So you might have you might have to have maybe like six fights just to win, just to win a bronze medal, you know. So it's a, it's a long day. Yeah, uh, I mean karate is the the same sort of style. It's yeah. uh, you get there every single fighter for every weight category gets there. Uh, this that's the part I kind of didn't like about it is I'm waiting for three four hours maybe until my like weight category is up. So I'm there for basically all day. And then let's say you lose your first fight. I've waited four hours to lose and go home after that. There's no more. Like that. that's kind of a bit that agged me when it, when it came to karate. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way where if you're maybe because you're a winner, you don't really care. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't help. It didn't help as well that I was... Uh in the second heaviest weight category. They always push the heavier weight categories to the end. Yeah, I don't and, know why uh, they do that. Ones, I don't know why they do it. It's so annoying, but no, something which, uh, you know, you get you might weigh in nine o'clock and you don't fight till three. But it's, it's, it's all a mental game, you know, it's all about just trying to sort of take your mind off uh, the fight. You know, you don't necessarily need to be worrying about uh, the fight um at 11 at 11 o'clock if you know you're not fighting until four you know there's no need to start building yourself up if you're not going to be fighting for maybe four or five hours um it's definitely a mental game mm. but as yeah. you know as soon as, as soon as you start getting closer that's when you start you start doing the warm-up start getting your you know your body your mind ready so, yeah. oh man just talking about it is getting me excited yeah, I mean, it yeah. is, uh, like, I have uh, competed uh, 
a little bit of high level, a little bit of like lower level, but I've done, I've competed in a lot of sports, not just uh, karate. So I know that feeling of uh, of butterflies or like just anxious, adrenaline ready to to fight. And if you don't put it to the right use, because you can get so wrapped up in your head that it it fucks with you and you don't perform how you should. So mm. for me, someone who who's thinking a lot right and sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting waiting it fucks with my head so i never like those kind of uh, tournaments where i'm waiting for hours it messes with me i'm either way too relaxed right when it comes to the fight where i'm not focused or i'm too focused and i've already like blown burnt myself out before it even starts so i mean what's your like um what's your like regime for when you get into the zone so let's say we're we're three hours uh no let's say two hours before your fight you know uh how, what's your plan how do you get ready for your fight then take us through two hours from two, from two hours away you can you can break it down like two hours away you're just chilling one hour like until um i, I maybe I just say the whole day. Yeah, yeah go ahead if you want. Maybe if I, if you know if I'm weighing uh, at nine o'clock and the competition is not till four. See what the first thing is I want to eat because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making weight. So you want to eat, you want to eat, drink. The fight is not necessarily the main. main thing. Do you have a do you have like a go to meal or is it just whatever you're feeling that day? No, I'm not not necessarily too like uh, hypothetical of oh yeah, I need this this certain food or this certain drink for me to get in the zone. Yeah, just <laughs> well, whatever uh, you're in the mood for. Whatever, whatever, really. Nah, but uh, you know, every every uh, the first couple hours just food, food, food. <laughs> I keep saying, yeah. yeah, but just food, food, drink. You know, every every uh, maybe in intervals, forty five minutes to to an hour. And then until then, I'll be honest with you, I'm just watching YouTube, you know? Just take my mind, take my mind off. Uh, are you watching like uh, like fights or are you just watching like random stuff? Just, just you know, I, I, what calms me down is that I know the next day or even that evening, I'll be playing PlayStation. <laughs> Win, lose, whatever, I'll be playing PlayStation. So I'll have my phone and I'll be watching, I'll be watching maybe videos of Call of Duty, FIFA, that's what calms me down is knowing that I'll be doing that. What whatever happens, I'll be doing that. And I'll I you know I'll probably be watching videos maybe a good hour before I'm scheduled. Um and then that's when I get changed and that's when I do my warm-up. I'll leave it quite late actually until I need to start getting ready. You know, I, what annoys me is you know, you go to these competitions and you see everybody trying to meme mug each other, you know. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah. you know you start seeing people in your weight category. They're giving you the eyes. You know you don't uh, look away first. Fuck with all that bollocks, man. You're just you're just there. You do your thing in it. So, uh, the fight, uh, the fight, and the competition is not really on my mind toward at least an hour before I'm scheduled to go on. Maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe it is. It works if for it, me. If it works, it works. I think I'm, yeah. I'm one of those who, if it works for you, then keep doing it. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, um, I'll just be in the corner of the venue, just 
mentioned in FIFA. <laughs> so what's yeah. your warm-up like? Were you, uh, is it the same thing every time or are you just whatever you're feeling at that time? Um, well, the warm-up, it needs, it needs to be intense. It needs to be able to replicate the, the fight. Um, you know, I get a training partner from my club. Um, I do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of throws, a lot of uchikomi, which is doing the the throw, doing the movement without the throw. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are hundred percent speed and power. Until I feel like, you know, I get really, really good sweat on, uh, and then at the very end of the warm up, I'll get my partner and I'll throw them as fast and hard as I can um, three times. And that, that, that's, uh, that, then I'll know that I'm, uh, my body's ready for the competition. Hmm. Yeah. So do you do the same thing every time, basically? It's, uh, it's, yeah. The same, same, a lot of, you know, it, it builds up though. So, you know, start from uh, group fighting uh, to Uchikomi, to you know, simulate the fight a little bit, um, you know, grip throwing um, with, with with some uchikomi, and then 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 I'll do you know three big throws, and I sort of feel feel ready mm. to compete. When you're competing with judo, because uh, I know this is for jujitsu, so I'm just seeing if it's the same. Uh, is it with gi or without gi? Um, so judo is with with the gi. Right. Um, so, in order in, in order to win uh, in a judo match, you need to throw your opponent on on their back. Um, you can also win the uh, holding them down on their back on the ground. Uh, I think it's from like twenty seconds, and you can also win by a strangle or an armbar. There's there's also like other ways you can win by uh, shidos. Uh, if your opponent gets three shidos, it's sort of the equivalence of them getting a red card. Mm. Uh, they might get it by stepping off the mat, um, not uh, attacking enough, uh, or being too defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how commonly how someone will get a shido. And if you get three shidos, it turns into a hand sakumaki, and they'll get disqualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, because if if you know that traditional jiu-jitsu obviously was was with gi and it was uh that's the way it was done but obviously when mma came around and when people started looking at practical aspects of fighting you're not going to be wearing a gi all the time right uh so learning how to throw without gis or without gripping onto onto clothing was really important for for people who did jiu-jitsu so i was wondering if the same sort of thing is happening in judo where people are um, maybe someone's going off piste where they're like, okay, we're going to do non-gi judo, uh, learning how to adapt those throws uh, and grips for like a non-ideal circumstance. Yeah. Um, well, if you get your, you know, traditional uh, judo for like a, like a big hip throw, it's, you know, you do that in MMA, it's really a high risk sort of medium reward yeah. you know yeah you know you look you look really good you know doing a hip throw lifting your opponent um but really it's only a, a medium to low reward you know yeah you've uh thrown them on their back it might have looked you know you might have got a palm which is like a knockout you know you've, you've won 
in the judo match, but it's not judo, it's MMA. So it doesn't really mean shit. Um, but taking that into consideration, there are a lot of uh, judo throws in which can be low risk to the same to the same reward. Um, you know, I think if there's something which I believe a lot of MMA fighters can do is, you know, there's a lot of foot sweeps, I believe uh, a lot of MMA competitors can use where they're not, uh, to say, giving up their backs, you know. Um, I think it's something which a lot of MMA competitors can, can do. Mm. But uh, in a way, I think, you know, just got to make sure that, you know, you utilize your body more and, you know, that you stay close with them. Because in judo, you know, we are quite reliant uh, on the gi, on the kimono. So it'd be, be uh, quite hard. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're training, right, obviously doing your strength and conditioning is important uh, and your and rest is just as important as that. But what's your what's your diet looking like? Obviously, you're a student, so you don't have access to a private chef or or like super lean cuts of meat or etc. So what what are you eating while uh, let's say you're peaking towards the end of your your training? You might not necessarily be weight cutting at that time, but just what would a normal day be? A normal day. Well, if I'm peaking, the one thing which which helps with being a student is you know you're not you're not eating a, a lot. As it probably is, you know, you're making weight. Uh, for me, uh, I, I am a breakfast person. Um, so it's usually going to be some oats in the morning uh, with a protein shake. And then through, through lunch, it's just, I think, having a meal prep. Meal prepping is uh, really important as a student as well. Not eating out, uh, you know, and saving money. You know, you, I think as a student, you know, I think we bullshit ourselves. Uh, you, you have to be real with yourself. You know, where, where are you spending your money on? Mm. You know, you have, uh, even myself, you know, you can easily spend £30 uh, on a night out. You can you know, spend maybe uh, £450 on the new PS5. <laughs> you know, I'm being honest, you have to be real. So when, you know, you, I'm sure the students, see, I say, I'm not. I know I'm not asking the question, but you know, you you got to you got to eat good as an athlete. You know, and that that's why I do. You know, to say you got just got to make sure money's going in the right way, so mm. that you do have the the financial resources to go out and get the the good food which you need which you need as an athlete to perform. Yeah. You know? So what so, what's, what are you eating for for lunch then? What's what's your typical typical lunch? Uh, it's always uh, a it was a good source of carbohydrate, uh, so a low glycemic source. So something like a like a potato, rice, pasta, always a good source. Um, and then just you know, as it, always keep your protein. You know, I'm uh, I love fish. You know, chicken breast. I'm I'm definitely not a fish person. I don't like seafood. Yeah. Not. Uh, Always, always a good source of protein and, and, and vegetables in as well, and just you know you move that over to dinner as well, and that's that's what I'm eating. You throwing in any like uh, uh like snacks, maybe a protein bar, oh, maybe yeah. some fruit, anything like that. 
Uh, yeah, always, always uh, in between. You know, as an, uh, you always really want to be having multiple meals rather than one massive meal in the evening. Um, as it's easier for the body to digest, you know, small, small meals. So realistically, I'm probably eating uh, four to five meals a day. But they're smaller in quantity, the meals, but you have, you're having more volume. Mm. So it's easier for the body to break down, yeah. uh, give it time to digest, rather than having, you know, what I, what I struggled with was, uh, I remember uh, earlier coming into Bath being a full-time athlete, was having one large meal before my sparring sessions, and that completely uh, messed me over. I'd, I'd go into the sparring session with a full belly, feeling absolutely tired, you know, still bloated, and I, I wasn't able to perform. Um, so me, for me, it's just having uh, smaller meals, having them in the higher quantities, uh, and I, I always feel like I have uh, energy throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm someone who uh, I, can, I can eat loads in one go, but I can't eat loads of meals. Like, I struggle to eat uh, loads of little meals, but if you give me like a huge plate of food and tell me to eat it in like five minutes, I can crush it like easy. So for me, it's when I, when I'm training, uh, I'm not, obviously I'm not a professional athlete, but I'll, I'm, uh, I'm planning on competing in powerlifting in mm. the near future. Obviously shit's all different right now, but in the future I'm trying to compete for that. So I'm looking at like my diet. I'm looking at my training and trying to see what I can fit, what best suits me. So it's interesting seeing that you're on the the small but plenty uh, yeah. side of it. Yeah. Another another reason for that is that, um, you know, as a as a judoka, you know, we're training two to three times per day. Mm. So I'm I need I need the calories in uh, throughout the day rather than just start you know saving them all to the evening. You know, you, you need something before your morning session, your afternoon session, and, and your evening session. You need something before and after. Mm. You need something before to fuel you, and need something after the session to repair the damaged muscles. Um, so that's, that's my main reason for eating, you know, four to five days. That's plus with snacks as well, to say. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my reason behind it. it. When you're competing, is there any, like... Uh like shithousery that goes on obviously you said that people are like mean mugging each other but is there any other shit uh, that's happened sabotage shit like that or would you say generally people are pretty pretty good when it comes to behaving basically no i'd say no i'll tell you what when it comes to judo um if there's one thing about it is that is respect you know every uh competitor respects each other um there's, there's no such thing like that but of course, you know, you always want to get the one up on your on, on your competition. So I, I like it. I, I enjoy it. You know? Do you uh, do you have like a obviously when you get to that high level, usually you start seeing like the same people like more more than once. So you, you see yeah, some exactly. familiar faces. Yeah. You're, so do you have a rival, like someone that you're like, yeah, who who's like coming second place, someone that's that that's like, okay, yeah, I have to look out for him. Um no, not no, not necessarily rivals because with judo is that yeah you might have someone you might have a rival but that doesn't necessarily mean you always compete against them. Yeah. You know, you, you might be um 
you two might be on each end of the bracket and you might not meet in the final. So yeah. uh, in judo, it's not like you can't you can't focus on one athlete. You know, like, no, like but I'm, said, I'm trying to think like, is there someone where you're looking at him and you're like, okay, before the bracket comes out, you're like, okay, I don't want to have him first. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to face him now. I'd rather face him at the end in the final. Or you're, are you, are you there just yeah. like, no, nah, I can't give a shit. Like, bring anyone in front of me. I used to it. have that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I used to have that mindset where I was like, oh, you know, thank God I haven't got that guy in the first round, and I've got this Joe Slump who's is easy and then having that mentality mentality completely threw me off because now you're no longer focused on your first fight in your mind you're you're in the finals already mm-hmm. you know you're visualizing oh what am i gonna do in the final when you need to you got three four fights to get into that stage um so uh something which uh, i've had to transition and just completely focus on each bout take each fight as it comes mm. yeah. yeah no definitely that's fair um well man that, that's pretty much everything for me uh unless there's anything else you want to bring up no 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 thank you thank you thank you me. thank you for coming on i appreciate it hopefully i can uh i can interview you in future when you're competing in high level mma that mm. uh, will wish you all the best man uh if you want let people know where they can find you uh I'm going to put all your links in the description anyway, so. Yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, Insta- Instagram. Uh, so it's uh, Yas, uh, so it's Y-Siffy77. That's where people can find me. Yeah. yeah, it's great, man. I uh, appreciate you coming on, and I'll Thank see you guys you. in the next one. Thank you very much.